we have casual conversations about professional things. This podcast is powered by the Business Communication Lab at the Sam M. Walton College of Business. I'm your new host, Savannah Rubino, and this season we're taking a crash course into empathy and how it has become the ultimate business buzzword. I'm here with my co-host, Gracie. Hello, I'm back. I'm excited to be back. (laughs) And today we're talking with Madison. Do you want to introduce yourself? Madison is from CVS Health. Yeah, thanks so much. My name is Madison Maison, and right now I am working for CBS Health out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, I interned with Aetna, which is now part of the CBS Health family back in 2019, and came on full-time as part of our general management development program in 2020. I'm really excited that Madison is here because I have gotten the opportunity to be a part of CBS Health's general corporate management internship, which Madison was a part of herself. So I really think that CBS Health just embodies um, empathy, and I thought that they would be a great addition to this season's podcast. And I'm really excited to talk to Madison because she has some awesome experiences, even being so young. So uh, we'll get started here. Okay, so Madison, could you first, I know you kind of gave yourself like an introduction, but could you give us a little bit more um, information about you? Because I know you come from like kind of a different background. Um, I know that you got um, a Bachelor of Arts degree, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So definitely a non-traditional background for the business world, health insurance world. Um, I went to New York University and graduated with a degree in global liberal studies which to all of you and also to me, like doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, So basically lots of like humanities, philosophy, literature, that type of stuff, which might seem like it has no connection to business or healthcare. But I think the main way that I was able to leverage what I learned in college is through like all of my critical thinking skills. Um, Like you mentioned, empathy. I think just the cultural aspect of my degree has brought a lot of that perspective as well. So I landed here kind of just on a whim looking for an internship and ended up finding a career, which is pretty freaking cool. I actually, I am particularly excited to talk to you because I'm also, I'm a graduate student in English. Um, So I have humanities training too. And it's always, it's fun asking people what they think that you can do with a humanities degree. So I was especially excited to talk to you because I'm interested in, in, your background, but also like how you, like you were saying, transitioned into, into this, which seems so different that you're using a lot of skills that you, that you've already had. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really about just figuring out how you can apply the skills to the passions that you already have. Like anything you learn with a humanities degree is entirely applicable in any field. You just have to figure out how to make it work. That's awesome. And you've also had a lot of transition in your career. Like you've had You've been in many different positions. Um, you started your career at CBS as a participant of the corporate internship program, which I'm lucky to be a part of this upcoming summer. And now you've joined the GMDP, GMDP program, which is the general management development program. And you're also co-leading the committee to curate the experience for incoming general management interns. That's a mouthful. But since a good portion of our audience is college students, would you mind giving some insight into these programs and what they're like and everything that they have to offer? Yeah, definitely. So as soon as I finished my internship program, I knew that I wanted something structured for a full-time role. So in the internship, I got a little taste of the mentorship aspects, 
the speaker series, all these different events that were curated by a program that I didn't have to necessarily go out and seek on my own. Obviously, I gained a ton of confidence throughout the summer and built those skills to do the networking, to put myself out there to cold email leaders. But having that support system behind me was so encouraging and helpful. And so coming back on full time and now thinking about it, I don't know how people just start jobs. <laughs> like I feel so grateful to have come in with a class of 50 other GMDP associates who are going through the exact same thing. And then there's also three classes above me that had gone through it all before as well. So I've always been someone that really leans on mentors and those who came before me. And so being able to connect with people on that level was so helpful, especially coming out of college when like I had never had an apartment before. I had never like done all of that, even though I lived away from home for school. So having the support of a program, I think, is just so helpful and not something that everybody knows about. And I wanted to know, too, if you could give us, like, maybe because you've had so many different experiences, do you have a specific project or initiative that you got to be a part of that you thought was, like, that you kind of think back on and that you're like, wow, I'm really proud of this. Like, I did that. What are What's, like, something, maybe, like, your favorite project? So I think one thing that I really enjoyed was just sort of revamping all of the communications that were happening within our dental vision and voluntary department. So that's where I spent my first rotation. Um, and I basically got to take on all of the creation of our town halls. So putting together slides and messaging for all of our leaders to present to like, I want to say like 300 colleagues. Um, and then also like revamping our whole newsletter, which was really cool. I found a new format. And basically I feel like a lot of my first rotation was taking processes that had been in place for a while, but just needed some refreshing, some updating, and connecting them to the new leadership that we had. So trying to like be sort of the backbone of the department and have that level of consistency where you can expect that every month or every other month, you're going to be getting that newsletter in your inbox. And there's probably going to be some like funny joke or book recommendation from my manager. Um, creating that sense of culture in my department was really exciting. So I'm super proud of that. And I feel like that, I'm going to keep talking about your humanities training just because I, I get excited whenever, um, whenever we talk to people. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, what you learn about communication and like community building and, and kind of these relationships, I think is, is really, really cool. And I also, I would love to get a newsletter with a funny joke in it if you just want to add me on that email chain. Yes, newsletters are my forte at this point. I think I could ghostwrite for just about anyone in the company. Last week, I wrote a newsletter about April Fool's Day, and then my manager signed it from me without telling me. <laughs> so I was on PTO and got an email from myself about how I lead a market, which was really interesting and a fun surprise. So you talked about going through um, and kind of refreshing some of the processes that were in place before, but needed a little bit of an upgrade. And I know that CVS um, recently merged with Aetna, which is a healthcare company. So we know that CVS Health, um, they say on their website, one of the company's strategic pivots is driving a digital first technology forward approach across businesses. Can you describe some of the digital initiatives that you've come um, in contact with or maybe some challenges that you've, you've faced along the way and how the pandemic impacted these? I know that your class 
um, was the last we were just talking about um, before we started recording. Your internship class was the last to be in person. So can you talk a little bit about that and how that pandemic impacted your experience specifically? Yeah, I think at least from the Aetna side of the house, which is where I did my internship and I have been for both of my rotations so far, I think there was a lot of really great groundwork laid before the pandemic even started. So we were all pretty used to not being co-located with our team, to using WebEx, um, collaborating virtually, whether it's on Microsoft Teams or like OneNote, all that kind of stuff. So we were all pretty good at it. And I think I felt very lucky because going into my senior year and being told that I had to finish school online, it wasn't as much of a shock as it was for a lot of other people. Um, I think the digital aspect of the company is only growing and it's growing exponentially. I think we just signed a major partnership with Microsoft to provide a bunch of cloud services. So that partnership, I think, is going to be really cool to see develop and unfold. I also know just as an enterprise, we have a huge focus on systems modernization, which sounds like kind of lame and boring, but it's super, super important, <laughs> especially for like a healthcare company and insurance company where data and privacy is so important. Making sure that all of our systems are up to date and easy to use is really critical to providing the best service that we can. So. I'm super excited to see how a lot of the work that we're putting in now unfolds. I also think with the pandemic, um, one of the biggest things that was rolled out recently was the ability to like place an order for your at-home test kits on the app and then just go pick them up. So instead of like trying to call every store in town or drive across state lines to find at-home test kits, they really focus on making it as easy as possible for people to locate testing kits and pick them up without any hassle. I think it's interesting that you mention um, that you have like a partnership with Microsoft because I don't know if this is the same thing, but we actually just did an episode on the metaverse like a couple episodes ago. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with like the virtual space, kind of like virtual reality, whole spiel, but CVS um, made uh, some sort of initiative to enter the metaverse. And I'm not exactly sure what they're gonna be doing with that. It'll be really interesting to see. But um, I think it's funny you say that because I, I'm still trying to put together, I'm not like a gamer girl or anything like that, but to see all of these super legit companies um, who have so much influence going into things and investing in things like the metaverse, I can't even imagine what's gonna be out there in a year, let alone like 10 years. So um, I'm really excited to see what they, they've kind of been pioneers for innovation, especially with like the COVID vaccinations, COVID tests. And um, I know Minute Clinic as well. We don't have one personally here, which um, is kind of sad because I I actually went to um, visit my grandparents like a couple of weeks ago and I saw a Minute Clinic attached to a CVS Health and I got so excited and just like, became a total nerd for a second because we don't have any of those here. So I think it's so cool. Could you kind of like describe what that is? I'm not sure if they're really common in Columbus, but um, I'd love for you to like explain what that is and if people see it coming to stores near them, what they can get out of it. Yeah, definitely. So I would say we kind of have a spectrum of different types of stores that exist currently. And then also what we're transitioning to which is a lot broader. Um, so obviously you have your standard CVS retail store with the pharmacy attached, go buy a candy bar, pick up your meds, whatever you need to do. 
And then the Minute Clinic is an evolution of that where you can receive basic healthcare services. So think of some, you scraped your knee and got an infection or you think you might have strep throat. Um, Minute Clinics are a really simple and easy way to go in and get help for those types of issues. And then from there, the evolution of that turned into what are now called health hubs. And I wanna say we have close to a thousand health hubs throughout the country, which are basically like beefed up minute clinics. And they are super cool. You're geeking out about minute clinics. I geek out about health hubs. Um, And it really is, we've taken some of that retail space and converted it into health related retail space. So you might have like one aisle left of Snickers bars, but you've got some durable medical equipment. So sleep apnea masks, um, canes, walkers, that type of stuff. And then you also have a health concierge in that space as well. So you walk in and there's a lot more types of services offered. You can get a little bit more personalized guidance. Some of them also have wellness rooms, which is really cool. So they might host like a community nutrition class or that type of stuff. So the health hubs are really cool. Um, And then now during investor day, they recently announced that we're going to be pivoting to more of a primary care delivery strategy. So hopefully adding some primary care. And also we recently added mental health care into some of our health hub facilities. So lots on the horizon from an actual care delivery standpoint, which is super, super exciting because it is at like that CVS store that we all know and recognize right off the bat. That's so cool to me. Just like the idea of the accessibility of all of those spaces versus going to the ER and, or going to even, I mean, even to the urgent care, like I've, I've waited for three hours at an urgent care before. Um, so like the idea of like being more, being more accessible. And I did not know that y'all were going to do the mental health um, s- stuff. And so that's, that's even more accessible, right? Like, um, can you, it's the mental health stuff. Is it, so is it like a doctor that's going to be there or what is it exactly? Yeah. So I want to say it's like licensed counselors and social workers possibly, um, definitely meant to be more of a one-off triage kind of situation where they then can refer you to a longer term solution. But like, even just thinking about my own experience and trying to access mental health care, like it's hard and it's confusing. And if I could have walked into a CVS and had them tell me like, hey, this provider takes your insurance and is going to be able to see you X number of times a week for as long as you need, like that's a huge step in the right direction for someone who might not have gotten care if they couldn't find that type of solution. Absolutely. And you did talk a little bit about, you may have to kind of, um, teach us a little bit here because we have, okay, we have the minute clinics and then we have the health hubs. And then we also saw that health zones are also an initiative that CVS has just recently implemented. So one of CVS's goals is to put people first and the health zones seem to be a way of do a way to do exactly that. Can you tell us about the health zones? Um, maybe more from what you've seen or witnessed in Columbus, because Columbus is actually a health zone. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just start off and say like CVS is doing a lot in terms of philanthropy and giving back outside of health zones as well. But this new strategy is really super hyper local focused. So in Columbus, for example, they're focused on one zip code. 
And so I like looked up that zip code because it's very similar to my zip code <laughs> and was able to find exactly where on the map they're targeting. And so they've identified specific locations across the country based on a bunch of social determinants of health. So in Columbus, some of the main ones are poverty level. So in this particular zip code, I wanna say it's like 40% of people within the zip code are at or under the poverty level. There's also, I think 26% of them experience food insecurity. And so really identifying on a zip code level where we can make the greatest impact by focusing our efforts is what Health Zones is all about. And so they've identified different social determinants of health for each area and then are implementing different philanthropic and charitable efforts in those areas. I'd love to hear as well from your um, personal experience and working with, I know on your GMDP rotations, because it is a rotational program, that you work with different types of communities and different projects could be um, across the nation from you. So how do you really like build and foster a relationship with that community and get to a point of understanding what exactly they need and how to deliver that? Like, what's your personal experience with that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, it's something that I'm kind of grappling with right now. So like I said, I'm seated in Columbus, but the majority of my team is based out of the Baltimore, DC, Virginia area. And so I've really been trying to figure out what I can do to better understand our members and our consumers in that area. And a lot of it has come through working with our community engagement team. So there's all sorts of sponsorships we do in the area. And just by looking through that, I can get a really good sense of what types of things are happening in that area that are important to people. So one of our major sponsorships right now is University of Virginia Athletics. Like you could, and same thing with Columbus, like, I'm sure if you ask people in Columbus what's important to them, they would probably say the Ohio State Buckeyes. And like, that's an important thing to recognize. <laughs> um, so I think it really is just about perspective taking and putting yourself in other people's shoes to figure out how can we best meet their needs if they're having any hesitancy towards healthcare? Like, what are their attitudes towards healthcare? What are their attitudes towards healthcare professionals? And how can we meet them where they're at? Because I think that's really sort of the center of all of it. Um, there's like a, I don't, wanna, I don't know if it's a motto, but a saying within CVS Health that's like, we are putting our heart into everything we do. So we've got heart at work behaviors and like bringing our heart to every moment of your health. So I think that ties in really well with like the empathy theme that y'all are going for. Um, but it's super cool just getting to go into these communities. Um, we have a whole workforce innovation team that's really awesome. They set up like these really cool training center community spaces. I actually got to visit one out in Pittsburgh as part of my first rotation. And we held a pop-up vision clinic. And I think over three days, we saw like over 300 people and were able to provide free vision exams and glasses. And that whole workforce innovation talent center is put up in one of the local churches. And so again, just finding those community locations that are really meaningful and finding those community advisors that are trusted and then bringing the resources we have to those places. Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask about that cuz it doing the research on the health zones it, it was very like we're going to go in and work with the community, not just go and expect, you know, Fayetteville, Arkansas to be have the same needs as Columbus, Ohio. 
Um, so you all do, you do work with like community organizations, right? Like, um, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So when I think about our workforce innovation team, their whole job is really to figure out who are the trusted authorities in those communities and then make sure that we have the right relationships to then bring access and resources to the community. So we'll partner with, like I mentioned, like local churches, we'll partner with community centers or education groups or local nonprofits to make sure that we're really plugged into the heartbeat of that community. So kind of speaking on accessibility a little bit, I'm going to geek out for another moment here because um, one of the things that we noticed a lot while researching is that you guys are really committed to diversity, inclusion, and gender equity. And from your website, it says as of 2021, nearly 40% of the company's VPs and above, as well as just over half of managers are women. And additionally, 80% of CVS House 8,100 thousand participants of the apprenticeship programs um, in 2021 were also women. And your CEO is none other than Karen S. Lynch. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. I think the commitment to diversity and inclusion is ever present. It's at the forefront of most of what we're doing at this point, which I think is kind of table stakes. Like, (laughs) we should be as a large company doing as much as we can. And CBS is definitely there. Um, we have so many different resources for employees internally, as well as for the communities and the members that we serve. So from an external perspective, I think of things like our maternity programs that are meant to help serve people who are pregnant and might not have access to the resources they need or even know what resources they need. And so addressing traditionally underserved populations from a maternal perspective um, I think it's like that's the one that really stands out to me. And then internally, we have our colleague resource groups, which are super awesome and a great way to get connected and get involved. I'm part of WISE. I could not tell you what it stands for, but it is all about like women and empowering women in the workplace. Um, and so they'll host panels. We had some really awesome panels talking about our new office of workplace space. So I can't remember exactly what it's called, but just basically like setting up a safe space where people can come if they're experiencing harassment at work or any sort of issues that might be a result of gender-based discrimination. So super excited to see that be stood up. Um, and they're really putting a lot of time and effort into creating a safe space there. I also think just being a woman in the workplace in general is a unique challenge. But it's something that I can confidently say hasn't felt like a challenge to me so far. Um, I've found lots of really, really supportive people. My program director is a woman. My internship manager was a woman. And like as we're curating this summer experience as well, we're really keeping that in mind as we pick our speakers and our mentors and people who are leading events, like making sure that everyone has a seat at the table because it is really important to reflect both our talent pool and the communities we serve in our leadership. Thinking a little bit about our specific audience, since we said earlier it is college students, we also noticed that CVS has a program for tobacco-free campuses. And something that I realized, and I I didn't remember until um, researching again on CVS, is that I believe you guys were one of the first, if not the first, company to stop selling cigarettes in your retail stores. So that 
within itself is an amazing accomplishment. Can you tell us a little bit about um, maybe that program specifically or um, in general, like some of the ways that CBS has really put um, purpose over profit and been able to serve uh, communities as a whole? Yeah, definitely. I think the removing tobacco from our stores is such a monumental thing that obviously like that happened when I was in high school. I don't want to age myself too much, but I think that was when I was in high school and like it didn't mean anything to me then, but thinking back on it now, like that's a major move. Not a lot of companies would be willing to just say like, see you later to a huge industry like the tobacco industry. Um, and so I think it's that sort of daring, courageous commitment to health that sets CVS apart. Um, and I'm struggling to remember where I was going with that. <laughs> Do you mind just like restating the question? I'm so sorry. Yes, of course. It happens to us all the time. Um, actually, we I asked you what your last name was earlier because I knew I was going to butcher it, considering the fact that I thought a cicada was a cicada <laughs> earlier in the year. So don't worry. We're supposed to do this stuff for our work, and we have the same issues. Um, anyways, um, I asked, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about um, the CVS tobacco-free campus initiative, or maybe just in general, how CVS tends to put purpose over prof profit and show that they're really committed to improving um, the nation's and the world's overall health. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm like so all over the place today, but I think the main thing I think of is the COVID pandemic. With an enterprise that has so many functions, like if you listen to our earnings calls or investor day presentations, You'll hear about how retail, front of store, and pharmacy have been absolutely killing it during the pandemic. Like, there's a lot to be said for giving out that many vaccines because that means we're being paid to give out a lot of vaccines and driving traffic into the stores. But also, from the Aetna perspective, on the payer side, every vaccine that goes out to an Aetna member is a vaccine that Aetna is paying for. And so, I think there's a really interesting balance in trying to evaluate the success of these two businesses in particular, and that's like not even including our pharmacy benefits management branch. Um, but I think the focus, no matter what, as an enterprise with these two competing priorities from the payer side and the retail side, the member and customer always comes first. And so at the end of the day, we're gonna make whatever shifts in strategy or financial outlook that is going to make us most successful in delivering care to our members. Um, and so that's what really unifies the two companies, which I think is awesome. I'm trying to think of other good examples of like, a tough question. <laughs> I'm, I'm like really thinking <laughs> and I'm sure that they exist, but. I kind of want to, it's okay, we can kind of steer off a little bit because I, I, I loved how you mentioned um, kind of like the unique position that CVS Health is in because you have, when you um, came together and merged with Aetna, you have now a really successful retail space and a really successful um, health insurance space, like medical space. So you guys are in a really unique position and honestly have like a lot of leverage in the market. And so I'm just curious for your personal opinion, um, where do you see like CVS going next or in the future? Like, what do you think would be um, something that they may try to tackle in the next, say, 10 years? 
Yeah. So I think the main thing right now is just pivoting to become a health services organization. And that was sort of the main focus of our last investor day back in December. Um, just really figuring out how we can become a health destination across America and like pivoting from, like I said, that sort of corner store, go buy a candy bar, pick up something on your way to a frat party type of thing. Like we want to be somewhere that people think of when they need care, they need advice on their health. They need to figure out how to utilize their benefits and really creating a more integrated and seamless experience where healthcare doesn't need to be hard. Um, and so I think the digital layers will come in, the community sort of trust layer will come in. And I'm super curious to see what we do in terms of primary care. I know that's one thing that like I've been waiting with bated breath to see like what that looks like if we're going to be acquiring practices or working with a third party or like, I have no idea. And so I'm super excited to see where that goes because I think there's a lot of potential that we have just with our retail footprint and also our like huge network of providers that comes with being an insurance carrier as well. I just want to add really quick before we get off of this, sorry if I'm getting a little bit on a tangent, but I think it's just like, again, I think it's so cool that CVS can be in a space where um, like, for example, something like skincare is so important right now and such a like skincare culture and um, just taking care of yourself like self-care is such a big deal and I know I'm like a skincare fanatic so I love that CVS in on one hand can be helping people who maybe have like in the medical space have skin issues um, can treat those or like preventing skin cancer things like that while also like selling products to do the exact same thing like I just love how everything the purpose um, just kind of like aligns and it's it's really cool to see that yeah, definitely. I think all of that type of stuff, like I am 100% the person who like goes through every single aisle in a CVS, to, like look at the same lipstick I saw 18 times and like see if there's something new. And so yeah, I totally get it. I love all of the different products. I know our program sent us a box, I think it was last summer that had a sampling of products from all of the different brands that CVS has within their stores that are like the CVS brands. And so we got like lots of really cool stuff. We got like Manuka honey cough drops. We got a face serum. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> like there's so much that CVS is doing, even from a supplier perspective, that's like way beyond what I even think of in my everyday over in Aetna world. <laughs> this is not super relevant to, to what we just talked about, <laughs> but I, I was thinking like as Savannah and I were doing the research on CVS health um, and, and again, I'm, you know, I'm not someone that comes from a, a business environment. And so, you know, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the relationship that corporations have to like communities and, and things like that. And, and really I should, I should think about that more. Right. Um, I just, uh, you know, there's, I don't know. I don't know why I don't think about it. But um, something that Savannah and I talked about as we were researching was this, like, really this huge impression, like you're ta you've been talking about of CVS's like feeling of responsibility and like in like feelings of like there's a way to ethically be a big corporation and and we're gonna keep striving to do it. Um, and so like just thinking about you know like you were saying um, uh, at all of the changes that's happening with CVS and 
with um, the technological technological changes with COVID, like that was just something that really impressed me about about CVS Health was that there actually was a very huge feeling of we have a responsibility and and that's a part of like what makes our identity. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, absolutely. I think like obviously our success comes from the people that support us. It comes from the companies that purchase our health insurance, the people that walk through the doors of a CVS every day. And so we really do like owe it to our consumers, to our customers, to our members to create a space where they've put our trust in, they've put their trust in us. And then in turn, like we're able to give back to those communities because of them. And so I think like when I first started at Aetna, everything was about being member obsessed. And I think like, it's so cool to come to work every day with that sort of purpose even if I'm making PowerPoints all day, like I'm still thinking at the end, how is this going to affect a member's health journey? Or how is this going to affect what our company at large is able to do? Um, so yeah, I think it's awesome. Definitely was like a huge draw to the company for me. And then just being able to get out in the community as much as I can, like I can honestly say, I don't think I would do it as much if it weren't for working here. Um, our program had a little volunteer event so I was like literally down the street from my apartment a couple weekends ago where we went and built beds for children that don't have beds. And like, that's such a simple thing that's literally down the street that I never would have known about if it wasn't for the GMDP saying, hey, this month we're volunteering. Like, I like to consider myself decently plugged into that here, but there's so many partnerships and relationships that an organization this large has. And so I felt inspired even just personally to go be more involved in my local community. And I think that goes with our whole like season theme of empathy, right? And like this idea of of uh, like huge businesses having empathy and that and that really being important. And where I kind of saw it most was yeah, your the commitment to the community, um, in the health zones and and those other kinds of kinds of things. But yeah, it just seems like a very empathetic place. Yeah, and I think like that culture comes from the top down, but it also comes from the bottom up. I think we're a company where a lot of people have shared values. I know Karen Lynch has been super open in her personal experiences with mental health and her family. And so with that transparency and that demonstrated passion from leadership, everyone else feels so much more comfortable stepping up and sharing their experiences. We have like a regular feature on our internal news platform called Stamp Out the Stigma. And I think that is awesome. Like it's an opportunity for employees to share their own experiences with mental illness or developmental disabilities or just like all this stuff that traditionally in a workspace, people are like, oh, don't talk about that. But actually by creating those dialogues and those conversations, we're able to even better support all of the people that we serve. I agree with Gracie. I feel like everyone I've talked to from CVS, like the passion just really shines through and you can tell everyone really loves what they're doing. And it really seems like they make an effort with like the rotational program and um, letting you kind of get a taste of everything that they really try to connect you with um, things that matter to you and put you on things that you would really love doing. So to kind of close out, if you had to give a 30 second pitch to our audience about what you do and empathy, what would you say and why should college students hold corporations accountable for empathy? 
Yeah, I think empathy really should, and like this is me personally, I'm a huge proponent of empathy. I think it has driven so much of who I am as a person and how I've navigated school and career. Um, I think it's really important to find an organization that cares about you as an employee and as a person. And being able to find that at CVS Health has been so huge for me because we're a company of 300,000 employees. Like that's a lot of people. And to feel like my personal safety, mental well-being, financial well-being matters to someone somewhere within that massive company has been huge. Um, and it all goes to say that it is possible. If a Fortune 4 company can be doing things like this, then you should be asking these questions of the other companies, people that you're working for and interacting with. Um, I think it just takes like one really great experience to see what you deserve and figure out how to advocate for those types of things going forward. Well, thank you so much, Madison, for being here and giving us a glimpse into CVS and everything it stands for. And I think we've all, I want to say, like Gracie and I, uh, I'll speak for you, but I'm sure you agree that we've learned so much. And um, I'm sure our audience will really appreciate this. And hopefully, um, with our audience being a lot of college students, hopefully they'll have CVS on their radar um, for the near future. So if you liked what you heard, please download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, follow us on Instagram at WalmBizTalk. That's all for this week. We'll be back soon with casual conversations about professional things.